Good afternoon and welcome to today's CME activity. There is no commercial support. The, the speaker and planners have disclosed no relevant financial relationships with any commercial interests. You will receive a SurveyMonkey link after today's activity. And if you're viewing online, the evaluation link will be listed in the links icon at the bottom of the screen or I'll list it into the chat. It is my pleasure to introduce Dr. Cesar Sanchez, who is one of our third year internal medicine residents. His career interest is hospital medicine. He grew up in Massachusetts and received his medical degree from Ross University School of Medicine. Prior to medical school, he completed a BS in biology at Framingham State University. And when not in the hospital, he loves spending time with his family, going to the gym and watching sports events. Join me in welcoming Dr. Sanchez. Good afternoon, everyone. I hope you're having a great day today. Uh, as Jennifer mentioned, I'm Cesar Sanchez, Dr. Sanchez. And today from a grand rounds, we're gonna talk about the long-term prevention of cardiovascular disease using a Mediterranean diet. I have no financial interest or additional disclosure to uh, discuss. Uh, why don't we start out with the learning objectives? I wanna start out today by reviewing the cardiovascular disease and the Mediterranean diet. We're gonna follow this the evolution of findings between diet and cardiovascular disease, including the birth of the lipid hypothesis. We're gonna break down the practice change in prep study that was recently published. We're gonna evaluate the literature in support of the Mediterranean diet, as well as the whole fat dairy and unprocessed meat. And finally, we're gonna discuss how dietary guidelines should change to reflect the emergence uh, evidence in the field. So cardiovascular disease is one of the leading causes, if not the leading cause of death worldwide. It accounts for more than 17 million deaths annually. The American Heart Association reported that 48% of the people ages 20 or above in the United States uh, have cardiovascular disease. This is something that affects the majority of the population above the age of 60 worldwide. Uh, the prevalence increases with age for both males and females. So there are four major areas that are included in cardiovascular disease. Coronary heart disease, which manifests as myocardial infarction, angina, and coronary death. Uh, cerebrovascular disease, which is stroke or TIA. Uh, you also have peripheral artery disease, which manifests as intermittent claudication. And finally, uh, aortic atherosclerosis and thoracic or abdominal aorta aneurysm. So coronary heart disease risk factors, what are some of the risk factors that we have to keep in mind for these patients? Uh, most people have one or more risk factors for coronary heart disease. And 90% of the coronary heart disease events occur in those with at least one risk factor. There are five leading modifiable risk factors to keep in mind. And they, and they are the following, hyperlipidemia, diabetes, hypertension, obesity, and smoking. In 2021, 41 states reported obesity level above 30% in the United States. Atherosclerosis is responsible for almost all cases of coronary heart disease. And it's good to keep in mind that poor diet is strongly associated with elevated risk of uh, cardiovascular morbidity and mortality. So this brings me to uh, dietary modification. Uh, dietary modification entails basically not only what we eat, but we have to keep in mind the social background of the patients. Uh, basically, poor diet is the leading cause of mortality in the United States. 
There are five types of challenges for patients that we have to keep in mind. Self-discipline, knowledge, coping with everyday stress, negotiating with family members, and managing social distance, uh, significant of food. The overall goal is to improve the patient's health while at the same time decreasing the risk for other conditions such as cardiovascular. A high quality diet emphasizes limited consumption of processed meats, trans fats, sugars, and, uh, and alcohol. Uh, it emphasizes greater intake of fruits, vegetables, legumes, nuts, and whole grains. The American Heart Association Dietary Guidelines um, gets published every so often. Um, the first time in 15 years, however, new dietary guidelines were released in 2021. And they focus on proper nutrition early in life, heart-healthy dietary patterns, and structural challenges that impede adherence to the heart-healthy diet. Some of the heart-healthy diets that were recommended most recently is the Mediterranean diet, the DASH diet, the healthy US-style diet, and the healthy vegetarian diet. Now, with that said, I want to look further into the Mediterranean diet and to see what can be done to potentially uh, have uh, positive benefits towards our patient with a cardiovascular risk. So the Mediterranean diet is based on traditional foods that people use to eat in, in um, sorry, we had a glitch here, uh, in countries bordering the Mediterranean Sea. These countries include France, Spain, Greece, and Italy. Research has shown the diet decreases cardiovascular risk and cancer. Now, there is something known as the uh, five blue zones of the world. This is regions in the world where people have higher life, life expectancy. And there are five of those. Two out of the fives are actually located around the Mediterranean Sea. One of those areas is Sardinia, Italy, and the other one is, is Icaria, Greece. So that on itself kind of tells me that there is at least something going on in that area that is helping people have a longer and healthier lifestyle. So the Mediterranean diet encourages whole grain, uh, vegetables, legumes, fruits, nuts, seeds, spices. Um, they focus on olive oil being the main source of added fat. Fish and seafood with dairy and poultry in moderation. Red meat and sweets, although it could be eaten, is it very sparingly. Um, enough note, minimally processed and traditionally uh, included whole fat dairy and processed meats uh, are also uh, recommended. If we look at this chart on the right side, this is a pyramid of what are some of the foods that are commonly uh, recommended for the Mediterranean diet, similar to what I just mentioned. At uh, the very top, we have the red meats and sweets, although sure, you can have your cookies and cupcakes, but however, this is not on a daily basis. Um, you can enjoy your eggs and dairy, according to their uh, recommendations, one to two times per week. But where you're gonna see the most, uh, if you look towards the bottom, definitely physical acti activity, uh, planned meals, whole grain, legumes, fruits, vegetables, healthy fats, uh, avoiding trans fats, uh, which you can enjoy on a daily basis. Now, over the past 50 to 60 years, there has been a multitude of documentation studies uh, around the world that has really placed the Mediterranean diet on the radar back in the 1950s, which we're gonna discuss shortly. Anso Keys uh, conducted a um, seven country study that really put the Mediterranean diet on the radar. Following that, we've seen a significant amount of studies and we continue to have a vast uh, variety of uh, studies that keep getting published over the years. 
So SOPs uh, concentrated at the end of World War II on the effect of starvation um, and what that implemented on the human body. Uh, he searched for nutritional techniques able to restore health after starvation. While doing that process, he noted that certain regions in the world had lower level of acute coronary attack for which he decided to look further into. Uh, he started his career as a biologist and received his PhD at Berkeley in 1930. He further specialized in physiology, receiving his PhD in Cambridge in 1936. By the 1950s, he had significant contribution in the fields of uh, osmoregulation, high altitude physiology, nutritional basis of human performance and the biology of human starvation and rehabilitation. And in 1958, he launched what is called the uh, seven country uh, study. Now, Ansel Keys conducted this study, and it was a quite vast study, including a multitude of countries. Um, he examined the lifestyle, the dietary changes, the rate of heart attack and strokes in contrasting populations. These countries included the USA, Netherlands, Finland, Italy, Yugoslavia, Greece, and Japan. The study found that dietary patterns in the Mediterranean region in Japan were associated with low rates of cardiovascular disease or coronary heart disease to be specific in all cause mortality. It ultimately represented and really indicated the cardioprotective effect of the Mediterranean diet. It showed additionally that low risk of cardiovascular disease and all cause mortality in the elderly population with healthy diet and lifestyle was actually quite a positive effect or beneficial. But with this study, um, the lipid hypothesis was born. Um, and what this entails is the lipid, lipid hypothesis proposes that a high intake of saturated fats and cholesterol in diet increased level, small little typo there, uh, or cholesterol in the blood is a significant cost factor for cardiovascular disease. This has impacted preventive health research and food production over the past few decades. Many of the studies have been contradictory and inconclusive, actually, and there is no consistent association between saturated fatty acid, cholesterol, cholesterol levels, atherosclerosis, and coronary morbidity and mortality. And now, a recent study, actually, a few years ago, uh, this is it's called the Lion Heart uh, Study. Uh, it was conducted in 1994 to be specific. This was a randomized second, secondary prevention trial testing whether Mediterranean diet reduces rate of recurrence after a first myocardial infarction. The American Heart Association has a two-step diet recommendation. Step one diet includes less than 30% calories from fat with eight to 10% from saturated fat and less than 30, uh, 300 uh, milligrams of cholesterol per day. The step two diet entails less than 30% calories from fat with 7% uh, being saturated fat and less than 200 milligram uh, per day of cholesterol. For this study, they had a control group of 30% calories coming from fat, 12% monounsaturated, 6% polyunsaturated, and 312 milligrams per day of cholesterol. This was comparable to where the United States diet was at, at that time in 1994. The experimental group was the Mediterranean style diet, which included 30% fat from diet uh, or calories from fat, 8% saturated, 13 monounsaturated, 5% polyunsaturated, and 203 milligrams per day of cholesterol. Um, the amount of uh, subjects in this study was 204 in the control group, 219 in the experimental, and they were followed for a total of 46 months. The study was actually stopped early due to significant beneficial effects. 
the subjects from the Mediterranean diet had 50 to 70% lower risk of recurrence heart disease. Uh, reduction in number of new cancer cases and all-cause mortality uh, were also noted. Another study uh, was the uh, European Perspective Investigation into Cancer and Nutrition, um, also known as the EPIC study. It's one of the largest cohorts in the world with more than 521,000 participants across 10 European countries. There's a specific portion of the study, uh, the Mediterranean diet to be specific, and that included 74,607 healthy patients above the age of 60. Um, this study used a scoring system to determine the adherence to the Mediterranean diet. A score of zero or one was awarded for a specific dietary component. A higher number indicated higher adherence to the diet. Ultimately, uh, increased adherence to the diet resulted in reduction of cardiovascular death, and the Mediterranean diet was associated with increased survival among the elderly population. Another study uh, conducted in 2013 was the PREDIMED study, uh, which enrolled 7,447 uh, subjects with no signs of cardiovascular disease. Uh, it broke down into the control group being a low-fat diet and the experimental group being the Mediterranean diet with extra virgin oil or mixed nuts. After 4.8 years, the Mediterranean diet displayed a 30% reduction in risk of cardiovascular uh, complication. Uh, the data was reanalyzed due to concerns for randomization, and it was uh, resubmitted for publication in 2018. And despite really looking at the data in detail and removing some of the bias, the cardiovascular event decreased 31% for the extra virgin oil group and 28% uh, for the mixed nuts group, the cardiovascular events, that is. So all this information brings me to the most current study that was published in May of this year, 2022, the Prep study. The study looked at the long-term secondary prevention of cardiovascular disease with Mediterranean diet and also a low-fat diet. So they were comparing both of these, what are assumed to be healthy diets. The Prep study was a randomized controlled trial in Spain uh, comparing the Mediterranean and low-fat diet and secondary prevention or unsecondary prevention cardiovascular disease. It is one of the few trials comparing Mediterranean diet to evaluate for secondary uh, cardiovascular disease with another diet. Uh, it included men and women ages 20 to 75, and the participants had established coronary heart disease, which in this case included acute myocardial infarction, uh, hospitalization for unstable angina, chronic high-risk ischemic heart disease, and none of the patients had any uh, hospitalizations or clinical implications uh, regarding cardiovascular for the past six months prior to the study. There were a total of 1,002 participants that were enrolled from 2009 to 2012 with a seven-year follow-up. 500 of those were in the low-fat diet and 502 were in the Mediterranean diet. The primary outcome included myocardial infarction, revascularization, ischemic stroke, peripheral artery disease, and cardiovascular death. The Mediterranean diet was superior to the low-fat diet in this study, and major cardiovascular uh, hazard ratio decreased by 26%. Men, in total, had a 33% reduction of major cardiovascular event uh, for this study. So we're going to look further into it. How exactly was this study set up? The Mediterranean diet for the participant was 35% calories as fat, 
15% protein and a maximum of 50% carbohydrate. The low fat diet group, control group that is, was less than 30% fat, 15% protein and a minimum of 55% carbohydrate. Dietary, dietary adherence was assessed with a 14 point Mediterranean diet and a nine point low fat diet screener, pretty much like a survey that they were conducting on these uh, subjects. There were face-to-face -face visits every six months uh, there were group sections every three months and telephone calls every two months in order to determine if they're maintaining the uh, recommendations of that diet and basically the adherence to the study. So this is a summary of the dietary recommendations for this study. Um, some of the key differences that you'll be able to see after reading some of them uh, included the Mediterranean diet had four or more tablespoons of extra virgin oil per day, while the low-fat diet had less than two tables of vegetable oil per day. There were two to four units per week of eggs for the Mediterranean diet, while the low-fat diet had two or fewer. The Mediterranean diet had three or more servings of raw, non-roasted, or fried nuts per week, while the low-fat diet only had occasional consumption. Butter or margarine was not allowed for the Mediterranean group but at least one serving per week was allowed for the low-fat diet. Aside from that, everything else was, uh, for the most part, quite similar. So what were the results for this? As I mentioned earlier, uh, there was some reduction in cardiovascular risk, but we can look further into the details. Uh, the Mediterranean diet was superior to the low-fat diet over a seven-year follow-up. Uh, superior in preventing major cardiovascular events, with a decrease, as I mentioned earlier, of heart uh, hazard ratio of 26%. In men, there was a 33% reduction in major cardiovascular event. And there was also higher efficacy in the, in the entire cohort without, or, or the cohort without family history of cardio, uh, coronary artery disease, uh, dietary adherence of more than 80%, baseline LDL less than uh, 100, and patients with younger that were younger than 70. So this figure shows the estimate of the incidence of primary endpoints, which again included myocardial infarction, revascularization, ischemic stroke, documented peripheral artery disease, and cardiovascular death. Letter A at the very top uh, represents the entire cohort and the red line indicates the Mediterranean diet while the blue line indicates the, um, the low fat diet. You're able to appreciate the difference by looking at these that there were actually difference in incidence of primary endpoint between the two groups. Uh, it is clear that there were more events in the low fat diet just by looking at this. Uh, letter B, the bottom chart, is uh, it represents the male population for this study. And similar to the entire cohort, you're able to see that there were uh, incidence of primary endpoint more prevalent in the low fat diet. Now, like any other studies, there are limitations and that included this study as well. Uh, this study was done in a Mediterranean country where there is higher acceptance to the diet. Uh, if this study is replicated in a different region where the Mediterranean diet is not as accepted, uh, there is a possibility that we'll be able to see more of a significant uh, difference between the control groups and the experimental group. Uh, the study also included people with established coronary heart disease making it challenging to apply to the general population that does not have any cardiac disease. But again, we're trying to compare the reduction, the reduction, reduction of a cardiovascular risk. Now there's additional evidence supporting minimally processed, um, including whole fat dairy and unprocessed red meat. And we're gonna look further into that. 
the MedDairy randomized control trial, this was a study aimed to determine the effects of Mediterranean diet supplemented with dairy foods on cardiovascular risk factors. It compared the Mediterranean diet with three to four servings uh, of dairy known as the Med Dairy and a low fat control diet. So they were comparing the Med Dairy with a low fat control uh, group. Um, compare, okay. So compare the, again, uh, the, the Med Diet had three to four servings as I mentioned. 41 participants were included in this study and they were either the ages 45 or above. They were randomly selected for one of the two studies. Compared to the low-fat diet, the med-dairy intervention resulted in lower morning systolic blood pressure, lower clinic systolic blood pressure, higher HDL, low triglycerides, lower ratio of total to HDL cholesterol. So given the study and the results, granted it was only 41 patients or participants, uh, we're able to see the difference between these uh, groups. Another study is the uh, PEER study or Prospective Urban Rural Epidemiology. Uh, this was published in 2019, and it looked at the relation between dietary nutrients and blood lipids and also blood pressure in 18, 18 countries. Over 125,000 participants from the 18 countries were involved in the study. The study replaced saturated fatty acids with other fats and carbohydrates. Participants enrolled from 2003 to 2013. Uh, intake of both whole fat and low fat dairy products were associated with reduced cardiovascular risk, but the results were stronger for the whole fat diet actually in this case. A portion of the study compared processed meat versus unprocessed meat and poultry against and the results of cardiovascular events. The processed meat was associated with increased risk of cardiovascular disease events and mortality uh, after reviewing all the data. So this brings me back to the American Heart Association Dietary Guidelines. As I mentioned earlier, there were recent changes again in 2021. Uh, a lot of these changes are actually quite positive and beneficial to the patient, but there are some flaws and I feel room for improvement uh, for these dietary changes. So the guideline focuses on emphasizing fruits and vegetables, whole grain foods, which kind of resembles the Mediterranean diet, but at the same time, they're also recommending we're encouraging low-fat or fat-free dairy, which again, looking at the Med Dairy um, randomized control trial and other data that I've documented and presented here, low-fat diet is not the best approach. Uh, however, at the same time, they're minimizing beverages and food, which is great with added sugar, ultra-processed food, that's basically looking on the right side, um, high foods and salt, alcoholic beverage, all of these which are highly important uh, for, for our patients. Now, in conclusion, uh, there are multiple approaches to a healthy diet. Mediterranean diet is not the only way, uh, but there is a substantial amount of evidence supporting the cardioprotective effect of a Mediterranean diet, and this continues to grow uh, with multiple publications, as I mentioned, including the one that I documented here that was done earlier this year. Now, today we learned that the Mediterranean diet, or a minimally processed one, is more cardioprotective than a low-fat diet. Uh, dietary documentation should be emphasized and tailored to every patient accordingly. Now, with that said, it is our job and responsibility to emphasize the importance and educate our patient on what a proper diet should be in order for them to have a better outcome from a cardiovascular standpoint. And um, that concludes my presentation. Uh, the references that I've included are over here.
And I want to give a special thanks to my mentor, Dr. Gross, who's been quite helpful. He was not able to make it today, but he's been extremely helpful uh, with providing information and assistance in this presentation. Um, any questions that you guys may have, we have the QR code included right here for you. Thanks, Dr. Sanchez. Any uh, questions in the audience? We, and I did forget to mention, if you're online and have a question, please enter it in the Q&A um, bubble. Okay, she, Shannon's going to get her. <clears throat> Very nice presentation, by the way, and to the point, I loved it, half an hour, and you capture my attention. Mediterranean, I still prefer a little bit of the ketogenic diet, and actually, if you look back, even the Bible has diet, the Daniel diet, where they were captured by Nebuchadnezzar and they were in Babylon and they began to look even better than the other guys around when they started on their diet, you know, Daniel and the other three individuals that were with him. Uh, the only thing is that we get into a little bit of problem here because a lot of people go, oh, get extra virgin olive oil. Uh, the majority of over 90% of the olive oils here are junk because they're mixed and they mix them with a lot of other kind of oils. I wonder sometimes even if they put mobile one synthetic, you know, motor oil in it, because it tastes like junk and it's not the same. And when you're going to get a gallon or, you know, a half a gallon or whatever, not a real good, you're going to pay a lot of money for it. You know, for, and the majority of them that come from Europe, they're mixed from different countries. It's not one country or one producer or whatever not. And by the way, the best way to, uh, one of the best ways to also increase your HDL is, believe it or not, three, I would say three or four, there's multiple vitamins. Uh, believe it or not, K2, MK7 gets, uh, gets the calcium from your arteries and moves it to your teeth and your bones. But you got to get the real K2. You can't just get K2 because the majority of menaquinone, menaquinone is kind of rare to find and it's usually costly. The other one, more than anything else, I was going to say, uh, keep you healthy is going to be niacin. You're talking, and the right type of niacin also is going to help you. And the other one is D3. You know, big doses of 50,000 units at least twice a week or three times a week. You know, those are the things. And again, stay away from sugars more than anything else. So, Thank you so much for the information. I appreciate it. Um, my question was actually kind of on the same line. Um, is there any research comparing ketogenic diet and um, this kind of Mediterranean diet? Because I feel like they're very similar, more meat, more fish, um, just the butter. And that, I think, might be a little bit different. And I know you compared it to the low-fat diet, but ketogenic would be a little bit more of a high-fat diet. So um, is there any comparisons to those? So at the moment, there are not actually, but that's actually a really good point. And I feel that now that the Mediterranean diet is being a little more exposed and being cardioprotective, um, this study that I presented here today is actually the first study in more than two decades that's comparing mm -hmm. one healthy diet to another healthy diet. So I'm hoping that moving forward, we're able to uh, conduct such a study to further evaluate which one of those two studies or diets are more beneficial. So to answer your questions at the moment, there are not, not to my knowledge. By the way, great presentation. I'm so excited to see something about the Mediterranean diet. I am from Europe and I was on the Mediterranean diet. And I can tell you when I came here 20 years ago, 
I said, what is a low fat diet? I didn't ever understood the benefits of it. So thank you for that explanation. Also, I have to keep in mind the food next to the Mediterranean Sea is so much different than what we eat here. The way it's grown, the way people eat it, they cook it, it's so much different. And you, you mentioned that when you said if we would do it here, it might be different. Right. Um, one thing to keep in consideration in the U.S., one of the blue zones that you mentioned um, being right there in Europe, we have a blue zone in the United States. And it's in California, next to Loma Linda University, and it's in a group of seven-day Adventists that practice a vegetarian diet. So from the United States vision, that seems to be the healthiest and the most long-lived diet, which is a vegetarian diet and, again, products from the U.S. and people live 100 years old and longer uh, in a healthy state. Thank you. Any other questions? Basically, all these diets, more or less, what you don't want to promulgate or increase or whatever, not two things in your body that will destroy your body like nuclear bombs. It's going to be the insulin index. You don't want to mess around with insulin. It's a double-edged sword. So try to eat only once a day, fasting 20 hours. That's what I do. Okay. okay. The other thing is cortisol. You do not want to mess around with cortisol. Two things that will destroy your body like you don't know it. And those are the two things. And the K2 and the niacin. And um, uh, the other one that's really, really good and has shown to be fantastic, mm -hmm. even people will be getting to have uh, congestive heart failure, uh, where their ejection fraction is very low, below 60. It's going to be taurine, T-A-U-R-I-N-E. Taurine is a B-complex vitamin. Believe it or not, for the central nervous system, even with people who have a stroke or whatever not, it's incredible how good it is, and a lot of people really don't know it. You know, so... Really and, uh, and the other thing is, the majority of those countries in Europe, guess what? If they're going to go to Walmart, they got to walk two miles. Yeah. That's what they forgot. No. One more. Okay, online, uh, Dr. Vicknair, with the diet studied, were the actual foods controlled or left to the participant to notate? For example, one participant might use organic large eggs versus another using medium non-organic, so both count as an egg dairy, but may not contain the same um, micronutrients. So to my knowledge, after reviewing the study, um, they were not controlled to that extent. Uh, sure, they recommended the eggs, poultry, but as far as uh, whether one was organic versus the other one not being organic, I don't believe they got to that point. Excellent. Thank you. All right. No other comments or questions? Thank you, Dr. Sanchez. Thank you, Thank you guys.